welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. So let's just jump into the Word of God. If we could turn to Luke chapter 1, we're going to read a little bit, and we're going to start in verse 26 through 38, and as you're getting there, let me just read this real quick. Actually, no, we'll wait for you guys to get there. Just give me an amen when you get there. All right, we got two people that got there. Worried about you digital people, and you're still looking. Praise the Lord. If you got to give me a loud amen. amen. So I'm going to jump. I'll go ahead and jump in and start reading. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. And she was very perplexed. At this statement and kept pondering at the kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Verse 34. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Verse 36, and behold, even your relative has conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your presence that's already here. And Lord, we just ask that as we get into your word that you would minister to our hearts. God, that your word would find fertile soil to be planted upon. And God, that we would be able to bear fruit from what you're going to speak to us here tonight. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we all say, and amen. You know, from the close of the last chapter of the book of Malachi to the soft opening of the Gospels, a period of over 400 years had passed. And in the book of Sam, in 1 Samuel, there's a term that was used, and it said, and a word from the Lord was rare, and visions weren't frequent. You could use this term to describe this window of time that they had experienced. God hadn't been speaking, and Lord, the, the, the Lord had been silent during this time. As a matter of fact, they called them the silent years. The Old Testament had prophesied of a Messiah who would come and rescue Israel from her oppressors. They waited, and they waited, and no sign of his appearance. Then a small flicker, a small flicker in the dark silence. An angel appears to a young, newly engaged woman, and he gives her a message from on high. And he tells her that she is a chosen vessel to carry the Messiah in her womb. And her response is actually the title for tonight's message. It's Mary's Yes. You know, this young girl was there uh, prepared to be married to a young man named Joseph. And the Bible says that, that an angel appears to her and tells her, that she, tells her that she's highly favored. 
He comes in and he gives her a message from on high and he says, you found favor with God and, and here's the purpose and the, the destiny that God has for you. And, and it's awesome and it's interesting at the same time that, that this young woman was found by, by God to have found favor, but also to be chosen to carry out such a great task. See, if you look at their age, and sometimes it's hard to decipher, but her age, she was anywhere from 13 to 17 years old to be able to carry a child. And sometimes we look at that, and we're like, man, that's a high schooler. How could she carry such a responsibility? But yet God in his wisdom and in his knowledge understood exactly who it was that he had chosen. See, she was a young man who had loved God. She, had, she was a young woman, I'm sorry, that had loved God. She had chosen to set herself apart for God and so as the angel appears to her and tells her that God was going to uh, uh, come upon her and, and overshadow her and actually conceive a child within her the Bible says that she simply asked the question and she said well how can that be I've never known a man and so the Bible says that she could have, that, well, let me just say this it says at her, at her young age she could have suffered the Gideon syndrome so the same thing happened to Gideon was when the angel appeared to him and said, the, uh, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. His response was a, a, a tale of different responses of, wait, don't you know who I am? Don't you know what's going on inside of my life? Don't you know all the dis disqualifications that I have uh, going against me? But it, hold on a minute. Come on. <laughs> and instead of giving a list, the Bible says that she simply asked, how can this be? If I've never known a man. Praise Come on. Come on. Come on, Brother Reyes. She had never known a man. The Bible says she was a virgin. It meant that she had never shared a drink with another man. She had never chewed bubble gum with another guy. Come on, somebody. You guys will get that later, amen. You know, funny thing is when I was reading and studying for this, they had done a study, and they had, they had uh, done a study of a group of young ladies who had said that they were virgins and had somehow become pregnant. And they started to research it and to really do a deep dive on, on these individuals that had filled out the questionnaire that they were virgins, but yet somehow had become pregnant. And, and it was interesting because many of them had answered it incorrectly or they had forgotten to, uh, uh, to kind of disclose some of the things that they were doing. But in reality, you know, there's been no other birth like the birth of Jesus where a young woman who had never known a man was able to conceive and not only conceive but to give birth to a Messiah. There's been no other individual born to man or to woman on planet Earth that has done the same thing that our Messiah has. And, and yet people question the, the validity of who our Savior was and, and, in fact, of who he was as a person. So going back to the story here. She could have simply gone into the Gideon syndrome and started to backtrack and say, well, you know what, I, I, I'm not too sure if I want to fulfill this purpose. I'm not too sure if I'm the one. As a matter of fact, she could have done what Gideon did. And Gideon said, well, if this really is you, then this is what I need you to do. 
and, and to list out the different things that, that maybe would have, have quenched the, the curiosity or the, the fear and said, man, well, if you do this, then I'll believe. And, and just like Gideon, he put a fleece before the Lord and the, the Lord showed him exactly who he was. And he said, okay, well, now do the exact opposite. And well, you know what, now do this. And, and he's, he was asking the Lord to jump through all these hoops, but this young woman simply said, well, how is it so? And when the Lord responded or the angel responded, her response was, she said, behold, a bond slave of the Lord, may it done, be done to me according to your word. There was no questions asked. She simply said, yes, I'm available. See, we, she didn't look at her age. She didn't look at her qualifications. She simply said, if this is the Lord's response for my life or the Lord's request for my life, then, then this is what I want to do. But I understand this is that her yes is what impacted many of our lives, or should I say all of our lives. But you see, in this, in this story, there's, there's two individuals that were impacted. Mary, number one, and the second one was when she responded yes, it affected the young man that she was betrothed to. The young man that she was engaged to, it, it affected. By her saying yes, it impacted directly the individual that she was attached to. See, tonight, some of your yeses is impacting somebody else's life. But sometimes we're so focused on what's going on with our lives that we forget the people that we're called to impact or the individuals that are going to be directly impacted by our yes. You know, tonight, uh, Sister Veronica, I, I'm pretty sure she's going to be mad at me later for this. You know, her yes impacted my life directly. Because it was back in 1993 when I gave my life to the Lord that I didn't have a ride to church. But you know that faithfully she would pick me up. She would get all her kids in her van and she would load them up. And she'd drive over to my house and she would pick me up. And she would drive me all the way to Victory Chiefs LA. And, and I would walk in and there she plugged me in with the youth leader. She plugged me in with the church. And, and she was able to say, yeah, you know what, Lord, if, if, my, if all I can do for you is to give a ride to this young man, then let me be a vessel that you could use but you know what I honestly can say this is that she probably had no clue of the purpose and the plan that God had for my life the things that he wanted to do in and through my life and so I thank God that she said yes and she was able to respond to God with the simplicity of what she was able to give God and as she gave her yes to God it impacted my life directly and I know that my life has been able to impact other individuals as a matter of fact God has been able to use and I've been able to travel to, to you to be used by God. But glory be to God for someone else's yes. See, when she said yes, it impacted Joseph's life. Go with me to Matthew chapter 1. When you got that, give me a loud amen, please. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Amen. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary, who had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. See, the reason why I'd say that I said that her yes impacted his life was because now she's pregnant. They're engaged, they're betrothed, they're supposed to become a couple. 
But she comes to him and, and says, hey, I'm pregnant, and this is how it happened. That's an interesting story to really swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow, right? I haven't known a man, but I'm pregnant, and so I'm supposed to carry the Messiah. Mind you, 400 years of silence, right? No prophets had spoken. God has been silent for all these years, and all of a sudden, this young woman all of a sudden says, hey, I'm pregnant, and, and I need to be able to bear this child, but not bear it out publicly. But, hey, is there a way we can keep this marriage going? Joseph now has a decision. There's a response that she needs or there's something that he needs to do. And the Bible says him being a righteous man and not wanting to dishonor her, he was ready to, to privately send her away with a certificate of divorce. But in his tough place, he had to really think to himself, what would people say? But see, him being a good man, he didn't want to put her to shame. And so he was going to do the right thing. But sometimes you can do the right thing and not the right way. Joseph did the right thing, but he also did it the right way. The Bible says that that night he had a dream. And that night the angel of the Lord spoke to him. And as the, as the angel of the Lord spoke to him, go with me to verse 24. Actually, yeah, verse 24, it says, And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary as his wife. They were engaged. She breaks this news, and then she tells him this, this situation that's at hand. The angel of the Lord visits him, tells him exactly what needs to take place, and then the Bible says that when he awoke, he did exactly what he was instructed to do. See, Joseph put his ego to the side, and he said yes, too. Joseph said, hey, if this is your plan and purpose, not only for my wife's life, but for my life, then I'm going to do exactly what you're asking of me, Lord, and I'm going to say yes. Sometimes the yes doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look fancy up front. Sometimes that yes might be ugly. Sometimes that yes might mean you suffering for a little this uh, suffering for a little while. Sometimes that yes might be difficult for you to stomach. It might be difficult for you to go through, but it's not about you. It's about those that are behind you. It's about those that God has called you to impact. See, I, when I was putting this down, I, th I thought about David Wilkerson. When he left his hometown to go to New York, I don't think it was a beautiful thing when he was getting beat up by the gang members, when they were spitting on him and they were cursing him out and, and they were challenging his authority. When our founder left all the comforts of New York and, and everything that he knew to come to L.A. and to start a ministry right there in the ghetto and to reach out to drug addicts and to gang members and to bring them into his house. I don't, I don't think it was a glamorous thing. I don't, I don't honestly believe that he saw this far in the future. He probably said, I'm going to reach them and I'm going to reach their families and, and I'm going to start a ministry and I'm going to start a church. But to think where we're at since 1967, we are all around the world. We're reaching drug addicts, gang members, right? We're reaching the down and outers and the up and outers. Come on, somebody, right? We're reaching every type of walk and we're reaching them for the, for the glory and the honor of Jesus Christ. I was talking to a good friend of mine, Artie, and I was telling him, man, I know people all over the world. And he was like, what? And I said, dude, I, I know people all over there. He's like, what, really? Like, he was shocked. But to think about it, we grew up in the same neighborhood at the same time, and God somehow has exposed me to people all over the world because of the call of God upon this ministry. 
I think about our pastors, this building. I began to really just think about it. And, and a pastor, I, I, I was really just broken because I thought about it. I said, man, when, when the building stopped being built, could you have seen all this up? When, when everything had stopped in the middle of the recession, when, right, and everything came to a, a dead halt, were you able to see, right, the seats and the carpets and the LED screens and the beautiful, right, the whole stage and our children's ministry in the office? And it, could you see the, the, the mayor of the city saying, this is the most beautiful city in the city of Chino? I'm pretty sure you were like, Lord, I just want the building to go up. I want the walls to, right, come on, right? They, be, they, were, they were just wanting to see this building be completed, not being able to see that we're giving honor and recognition and not just that but this would be a model for all those that are going to get their properties those that are going to build buildings from scratch that they would look to the mother church and to be able to see that this is a place to look at as a model I look at my pastors and I realize that man they, they see into the future and sometimes they see to a place but it's what's in front of them. Sometimes they, they have to stomach that and push through and, and press in and to continue to let God use their lives. But it's a price. It's a yes. Right? It's do I get back into that ring? Do I keep on fighting? Do I go in for one more inning? Am I going to continue to pitch even though I'm in pain? Am I going to continue to get up to bat even though I don't feel like it? I don't feel it right in my gut, but I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Why? Because God is with me. And if God called me, then he's going to provide for me. See, Mary's willingness impacted Joseph, Joseph's obedience. And Joseph's obedience triggered the, hands of, the hand of God's uh, sovereignty. See, God had to orchestrate some stuff. It's interesting because the Bible says that they were there in Nazareth. But in the book of Micah, the prophet had prophesied that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. It's almost a 100-mile difference from north to south. I Googled it. I looked it up. It's about a day, about day and a half walking trip if they walk straight through. Mind you, this is a woman who's pregnant. So it's probably going to take them a little bit longer than a day and a half. And yet the Bible says that, that God had already orchestrated everything. Why? It was because the Bible says that there was a census that was called at the very time she was about to give labor. And so because of the tribe that he was, that, that Joseph was from, he had to go down to Bethlehem, to the city of David, to register. Which would mean that once they got to Bethlehem, they were now able to give birth to the child. And now a child that maybe was conceived in Nazareth was now going to be born in Bethlehem. Exactly according to what had been prophesied hundreds of years prior, prior to his even birth. And it's, it gets even better. I was reading a commentator and this guy said this. And I'll wrap it up with this. It says that, that when they were preparing for all this, that it's probably it more kind of leaning in this direction. Was that because of the census, 
it was a probability that maybe Joseph and Mary were already talking about moving down to Bethlehem. Because they understood, okay, this is the Messiah that she's going to give birth to. Then we need to get down to Bethlehem because he's not supposed to be born in Nazareth. But he's supposed to be born down, born down there in Bethlehem, the house of bread. And so they were probably already preparing, reaching out to family members and, and getting, getting things situated. So when they got there, they would be taken care of. But because of the census, this guy was saying that, you know, when we see the word the inn, right, there was no room in the inn. That it was actually the same word that he uses later in the book of Luke where it says that Jesus requested the inn, which was an upper room. It was a guest room in a house where he actually requested to have the Last Supper. So it was actually a guest room that they were looking for. And when they were in that guest room, there was a possibility there was so many family members for the census that they said, hey, you know what? It would probably be a little bit more comfortable for you if you go downstairs to where the manger's at. And there was kind of a, like a little cut underneath the house where they kept the animals. And there was probably no animals in there. And so it would have been a, a very uh, intimate, uh, quiet setting for the couple to give birth to the child, Jesus. He, check this out. Tying it into uh, uh, to, to the message last week. If they had been born in, if Jesus had been born in, a, in an inn, in a hotel somewhere, a motel, then this probably would have never been a fact, a part of what took place. Because they were, he was born in a manger, what Travis said was he was wrapped in swaddling cloths. Those swaddling cloths were for the sheep. And the swaddling cloths would only be found inside of the manger and not, not inside of an inn. But a small detail like that. God wrote it into the scripture so that, in fact, when they had the child, Jesus, they were able to wrap him in those swaddling cloths and prepare him for his eventual death. God's in the details. Mary's willingness affected Joseph's obedience. And see, sometimes God will orchestrate things, and we might not understand them. We not, might not even be able to wrap, my, wrap our brains around what's taking place. But if we allow God to orchestrate, the Bible says, according to Romans 8.28, that he will work all things together for the good, right? For those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I would, I would challenge you to read Romans 8.26 and 27, where the Bible says, when we know not what to pray, the Spirit of God groans with inside us with utterances, right? And so we can pray according to the will of God. And then the, the, the Bible says, and then, then he works all things together for the good. Because as we pray, as we intercede, as we ask God, God, we need you to move in this situation. I don't know what I, how I'm going to make this work out. I don't even know what I'm going to do. I don't even know why I'm here, God. But, Lord, I need you to work it out according to your purpose, according to your plan. God will begin to lay out your footsteps as Pastor was talking about the other day I get the picture of Michael Jackson in, in that one video right and he starts to take the steps and his and his steps are being lit up why because God is orchestrating every single step that you take because he has a purpose because he has a plan and it's not so much about us it's about those that are behind us see when we allow God to orchestrate things God will begin to move things into motion so it was a virgin birth. What are the chances of a young woman being a virgin to give birth to a child? The fact that he would be born in Bethlehem of the house of David, right? Because on the lineage, he had to be, but he had to be part of the house of, the house of David. And, and that was Joseph that was able to qualify him for this, this uh, qualification. 
I looked up some statistics, and they said this. And, and if the, the worship team can come up. You know, it says the likelihood of just one individual fulfilling eight, just eight prophecies that were prophesied about Jesus. The likelihood of this coming to pass with just one individual. They said it would be like if we took the great state of Texas, the great state of Texas, no Tejanos in the house, amen, praise the Lord. And they filled the whole entire state up with silver dollars, two feet deep, whole entire state. And they took one of those coins and they marked that one coin, threw it in that, threw it in that state, and then they shook it up. Whole entire state, right? Two feet deep, silver coins, one coin. And then they blindfolded a man. And they told that man, you could go anywhere you want in the state. Just, and just pick. The chances of that man picking that marked coin in the great state of Texas, two feet deep, silver coins, is the same exact number of odds, I believe it's 10 to the 17th power, that he would be able to blindfold it, pick up the right coin. They said that's, that's just eight prophecies. Jesus fulfilled way more than eight prophecies. It was one man, several prophets, several individuals prophesying futuristic about an individual who would come through the birth of a virgin woman. But the statistics are so high, but our God is so great. If we would just let God do what he needs to do inside of our lives, if we were just willing to say yes, just like Mary did, if we were just to be obedient like Joseph was, if we could put those two things together, our yes and our obedience, and then release it into the hands of God, We'd watch him perform miracles in our midst. Our loved ones would come to Christ. Family members would be impacted that are, that are far from us. Jobs that we've been looking for, houses that we've been praying for, miracles that we've been waiting upon. If we just release that into the hands of God, God would be able to fulfill what he's called us to do. Why don't we stand tonight? See, tonight, I don't know what your yes looks like. I don't. Maybe your yes doesn't look like giving birth to a child. Maybe tonight your yes isn't having to give birth to the Messiah. But maybe your yes is giving birth to a ministry, giving birth to, to something new inside of this church, giving birth to a, a V group, giving birth to a prayer group, giving, giving birth to uh, your, your watch here uh, somewhere on the property. Whatever your yes is, I don't know what it looks like, but I know, I know God's been speaking to you because your yes is going to impact somebody. There's a Joseph in your life that is waiting on your yes so they can walk in obedience because the moment they see you say yes, they're going to step out in obedience and they're going to say, well, if they stepped out, then that means I could step out as well. 
And maybe tonight your obedience, God has been waiting on you and he's been saying, come on, I need you to step out. Yeah, God, but I'm afraid. I don't understand. That's okay. I don't need you to understand. I just need you to walk by faith. But whatever, you're, whatever it is, if it's God challenging you to say yes or, or God waiting on your obedience, I want to open up these altars because I want to do this as I want us together as a family release it before the Lord and ask God to begin to work miracles in our midst and let him do sovereign things in our midst. So the altars are open tonight. calls just like this. I see a lot of new faces at, at the altar this evening. It's at moments like this, at, at altars just like this, where, where God's challenging you about certain things inside of your life. And he's saying, hey, give, give me that and, and just trust me because I'm going to do something new and I'm going to do something fresh. And it's at moments like this that you make an exchange. And, and in all reality, it's an un unfair exchange because a lot of times we're just giving God our junk. In exchange as he's returning that, that eternal and favorable and blessed life. And so I just want to challenge you, if you're, if you're new and you're here at the altar and God's speaking to you, I just want you to really talk to the Lord and, and just say, you know what, God, I don't really understand a whole lot of what's going on, but I do know this, is I can sense your spirit, I can sense your voice, and you're speaking to me right now. And right now, I just want to exchange with you with what you're challenging me to say and to give you. God, I, I give you this. And, Lord, whatever it is that you want, I'm willing to take it. Whatever it is, Lord, I'm willing to, to take that exchange because, God, I want what you have in your hand. And I'm willing to give you what you're asking of me. So, Lord, right now, we just pray, God, that you begin to just move upon hearts, Lord. Begin to challenge us. Begin to speak to us, God. Fill me with your 
oh, that we would lay down what hinders us. God, the very things that you're challenging and asking of us, God. with you. Those of you that maybe you're saying, man, I feel God's called me to do something for him or God's asking me for my yes, but my response to him is, has been the reasons why I can't. Maybe some of you, God is asking you to just step out in obedience and, and again, your response has been all the reasons why you can't. I want you, I want to pray with you because I really believe that God is going to begin to just unleash and unlock new things inside of people's lives tonight. Going into this new year, walking into the, the Christmas, our Christmas time, I believe even at, at Christmas when we're there with our friends and our families, God's going to begin to use us right there by the Christmas tree, uh, by the gifts. The best gift we can give people is the gift of Jesus. So come on, if that's you and, and you say, man, I, I, I want to be used by God. I want to I be just like Mary and I want to offer up my yes. I want you to slip up your hand right there where you're at. Even if you're in your seat, it's okay. But right there where you're at, if that's you and you say, man, I want to offer my yes before the Lord. And, and you're saying, man, also I, I want to I step out by obe in obedience and ask the Lord to use me during this season. Now, right there where you're at, just slip up your hands and we're going to pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person that just slipped up their hand. And God, I pray that right now, God, you cancel every form of condemnation, Lord. According to your word, your word says, now, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, we cancel that 
according to your word. And Lord, I pray that you begin to speak into their spirits and let them know that you have a purpose and you have a plan, Lord, that you're willing to take their yes right where they're at. You're willing to take their obedience right where they're at, God. That, Lord, you're not asking them for requirements. You're not asking them for a list of things. But, Lord, you're just simply asking them to step out and to respond. And so as they slipped up their hands, I pray for the spirit of peace to fall upon them, Lord. All confusion has to go. All condemnation has to go. God, every form of regret, Lord, has to go. That in the name of Jesus, that they would be refreshed and renewed. And, Lord, that they would know beyond the shadow of a doubt. That, God, you have a purpose, that you have a plan, and that, God, you're going to use them this Christmas season. Lord, I pray that your anointing would be upon them and that you would lead them into all truth. We thank you for them. And in Jesus' name, we all say amen and amen. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.